The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, back with another exciting episode. Today in the house, I've got Sean Enton. Um, this is a new friend of mine. We've become friends over the last six months, was introduced uh, to me through a mutual friend, Pat Militich, former UFC Hall of Famer. And um, Sean is known as the Stroke Hacker. And in today's episode, you're going to want to listen till the end. Sean's going to give a few tips and tricks. He was affected with a, a very severe traumatic brain injury and is on the road to recovery. He's done it himself. Sean, thanks for being on the show today, brother. How are you? Thank you so much. That's a great intro, Tim. That was perfect. I worked on it all morning. <laughs> it was actually really, really good. Actually, I didn't. I just said it. <laughs> no, it's really perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking time uh, to come on. I, I, I like the gym behind you. Well, thank you, you, buddy. For those of you that's on YouTube, cool. you can actually see he's got his whole PT gym behind him and how he's, what he's doing. Yeah. To- yeah. I call it my extreme reboot. It's a place where uh, people can maintain their, their body and increase their longevity, especially if you had a brain injury. I have the perfect, I hate to call it a rehab facility, but I've, I, built, I built this in my house through, 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 through my own adventure of rebooting my brain. Yeah, well, you've done, a, you've done a fantastic job. And, you know, what I plot about you is like, I don't know, it's like we, we both, both of us had a similar journey, right? I mean, you had a traumatic brain injury through stroke, which we're going to get into. And like, I was just, a, I had a traumatic um, food injury because I just ate the standard American diet. It was slowly creeping up on me and destroying me from the inside out. And both of us, you know, had these epiphanies and um, had to kind of get after it. And, and we did, and um, we're a lot better for it than where we could be based on what's, you know, when you go into Western medicine, they just can't really help you that much for this type of stuff. You know, they're well, just not yeah. built for it. They're built for crisis management, you know, surgeries and stuff like that. Car accidents, fantastic, nothing better. But for this right. stuff, it just doesn't work. It's so true. But I will comment on this. If it wasn't for the surgeon to save my life, you know, because listen, you have a brain injury or a stroke, you know, you, you can't go to your common wellness store or call you and say, hey, help me heal. There's some, there's some kind of effect that Western medicine needs to happen. Exactly. I really think, exactly. I really, I really think the whole, the whole maintaining the health and getting better starts with you after, after being discharged from the hospital. Yeah, man. So why don't you just jump into it and uh, tell us your backstory? You know, you were kind of rolling with Hendo. Yeah. For those of you yeah. following UFC yeah. and MMA, Dan Henderson, one of the biggest exactly. names out there. Your buddies of his. And yeah, exactly. What was your so, life like before the stroke? Tell us about. I'm gonna, yours. I'm gonna tell you. I'll take you back to 2009 and 10. I lived in San Diego on the water in a place called Point Lum on the Sunset Cliffs. The beach was in front of me and I was on top of the world. I thought I had everything. I'd taken two companies from private to public with, with, with my team of, of, of guys and partnerships. And um, everything was perfect. You know, I was, I was you know, father of two young girls. One daughter was four years old. The other was 15 months. And I was the chief marketing officer and the founder of two companies. One was actually in the tequila business 
with Shaquille O'Neal. And the other was the Green Sustainable, a company where we actually went into people's homes and the military and took them off the grid and almost like a net zero, bringing in solar, bringing in the gray water. And life was banging. You know, we were going, I was going to Wall Street all the time, traveling the world. And then all of a sudden, one day doing some routine exercises and mixed martial arts, I got choked out. And I came home that night and I said to my wife at the time, I said, listen, something's wrong with my neck. And, and I, couldn't, I couldn't place it because, listen, we're athletes. You know, I did my yoga in the morning. Mm-hmm. I did my jiu-jitsu in the evening. I was running. I was hanging out with these Navy SEALs in San Diego. And I was 39, and I was on top of the world. And I came home. I'll never forget this thought. I was like, something is really bulging here. And I said, maybe it's just an- another bruise. You know, you get banged at. You get, you get nicked all the time, training as hard as we're doing. Did Dan Henderson, he mentioned earlier, was a good friend of mine. Is a good friend of mine. I was traveling with Danny. On his last tour of his last fights, protecting the belt in the UFC and um, taking along with us the Navy SEALs. And one day in, in, in a r- routine exercise, I got caught in a chokehold, passed out, and came home and just things weren't the same after that. And six weeks after this choke, it was, it was 2011, it, it was a Black Friday, and I woke up and, and I was in San Luis Obispo at the time, visiting my money manager. And... Tim, I'll never forget this story. I wake up in, in the morning thinking that, okay, I'm a little bit hungover. We had some wine the day before it's Thanksgiving. And, and also I couldn't really, couldn't really balance myself. I went and looked in the mirror and my face was ash gray. Face started to droop. I couldn't lift my left arm. My left arm was like not working. I went to go touch the mirror with my right hand. And also I saw my soul leaving my body. And then I yelled for my wife, Stephanie at the time. And I said, you got to call my dad. I'm dying. Something's going on and I'm dying. And sure enough, she called my dad and um, my dad said, call the paramedics right now. I think my son's having a stroke. And I'm like, what's a stroke? And here I am trying to talk and all, you, all she can hear, rah, 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 rah. My speech is so badly affected that she was saying, we got to go to the hospital. And I'm like, rah, 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 rah. And I'm thinking to myself going, I need to go out and run, run a couple of miles, go do some hot yoga. I'll be fine. But, but I could not speak. They couldn't understand me. I couldn't understand them. I thought I was understanding everything. And then they took me to one hospital. That hospital in San Luis was such a small hospital. They couldn't even diagnose me because I was in great shape, you know, fully ripped up to six-pack abs. Everything was perfect for me. I mean, it was like, could have been better. That hospital couldn't get a, um, really couldn't diagnose what was going on. So, so they called down to Santa Barbara, which is about um, an hour and a half south. And there happened to have been a neurosurgeon in in the hospital on Black Friday, who then called a helicopter immediately to come get me in San Luis Obispo. They medevaced me in San Luis Obispo to Santa Barbara, where by seconds I got in the ER room, by seconds, I tell you, this guy um, takes a look at me, uh, examines me, and rolls me right into surgery. My, my dad, who's a doctor at the time, chief of surgery in Tarzana, which is probably like two hours south, gets in the car, flies up there, only when he gets up there, the operating doors are shutting on his face. So he's like, stepping the time my ex and my dad are like freaking out. No one knows what's going on. All I know is that I'm coming in and out of consciousness. And what had happened was the carotid artery in my right side of my neck got dissected and sending clots up to my uh, brain. So it was impeding oxygen and blood flow going to my brain, which means if this is the main central hub of the whole body, you have oxygen, you cut off blood, the whole body is just going to die. Because the brain, you know, takes care of the nervous system, takes care of the heartbeat, takes care of every single thing in the body. And so at that time, they had to do a few 
different things in my data, put a catheter into my groin area, which took four hours, rotor rotor, put a shunt in here first to stop it from, from keep sending clots into the brain. But by then, my brain was swelling so badly that it, the damage was already done. So I'd lost, I'd lost probably oxygen and blood supply for minutes, if not maybe even longer. And you know, you shot up blood and oxygen in the brain within minutes, you know, you're brain dead. So I was going, I was going in and out and was dying. And um, they did that. And then that still didn't work. So then they tried to freeze my body. And I remember waking up again going, what the hell? Just let me just go run a few miles. Let me do some hot yoga. This, this, this cold bed really sucks. And they couldn't understand me because all I kept doing was rah, 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 rah. I couldn't even speak. Yeah. And, and they just started assessing me. And that didn't work either. So, so they threw the shunt in here in my neck, tried to reduce the swelling by freezing me. And days later, I think a day later, they, uh, they had to induce a coma to see if they can calm my body down. Well, Tim, that didn't work either. So then what happens is during the coma, my brain kept swelling. And then they had to do, I think, what, what was called like the last procedure ever because I was in such great shape. Um, the surgeon did a craniectomy, which means he had to take a piece of the skull off my head. They stored it in my abdomen, which is crazy. This whole thing is nuts. I know. I mean, and because um, that would, would release the swelling from so my they, brain. They, they took a chunk out of your head and then stuck this it whole, inside of your abdomen this, to keep it this whole, healthy? This whole piece. Yeah, they could have froze it, which is it was just so weird. I mean, they could have froze it, but they decided to put it in my abdomen tissue. And I didn't even have enough belly fat for them to do it. They just made an incision and put it in there. Um, and, um, I remember, I remember, um, in the coma, I, you know, it, it, it was a 10 day, uh, coma. I was running all over the world. I crossed over, I saw the light, I got pushed back, came back, opened my eyes up, realizing, looking over at, at my dad saying, you know, trying to speak to him, what's going on here. They're taking out the respirator out of my body. And I couldn't really talk then either. Cause it took a while for me to get my consciousness back. And he says, um, you appear paralegic and you've been in a coma for 10 days and i'm like i'm what he goes you're paralyzed i'm like dad i'm gonna go run a, su a sub a sub seven minute mile with my navy seals my speech was already coming back which was which was crazy the doctors saw me they assessed me and they immediately started me on ot which is occupational therapy pt and speech therapy right there in the um in the icu because where the brain injury hit the back of the head is really where the communication is and the aphasias. I wasn't affected with that as much, but Tim, I'll tell you, I woke up and, and, and I had the brain of a three-year-old kid. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I couldn't talk. I could barely figure I couldn't add, I couldn't do two plus two. Nothing was working. I had to slowly turn it back on because my brain just got rebooted. And, um, it, I, I was, I knew I had to fight for my life. And they said to me, you're going to be in the wheelchair and you're going to be here for a while. And, um, but we're gonna have to move you. I'm like, move me where? I'm like, where, do you, where, where are you moving me now? They get, we gotta move you back to San Diego where you live to an inpatient rehab. I said, I, I thought I'm in San Diego. So all these things were crossing over because I couldn't put anything together because I didn't know where I was. And um, the journey then started again being in San Diego. So I was in and out of, I went from the ICU to San Diego where they put me into, a, I call it a reboot center. That was every day from six in the morning to six at night learning how to speak, learning how to walk again, learning how to talk. Did you, but did you live there or you just went there every day? Oh, no, no, I lived there. I lived there. Yeah. I, I, was, I still had a pick line going into my heart from my arm that was dropping in medications. I had, two feeding, I had a feeding tube in me. I had about 30 staples in my head. 
and they were feeding me all kinds of heavy uh, narcotics. You know, everything was just really just wrong and bad for me. Uh, you know, here I'm eating hospital food, mm. and and I just remember I remember waking up enough to actually text Dan Henderson, and Dan said to me, "If you don't if you don't show up, I'm gonna come 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 over and beat you like a drum." And I'm like, "Well, I don't want that right now." So, you know, in between all that, I'm starting to come back, but. Yeah, you don't want that guy beating on you. I don't want that guy. I've already taken a beating. But Jeez. but you know what's interesting, Tim, is that I think I was preparing for the same fight that Dan was was preparing for, but I was fighting for my life. And then in a sense, I was fighting. I think God, I fought with God, per, per, I mean, literally. And he let me come back to now tell my story. So what when you, so somebody put you in a chokehold and you didn't tap out, you passed out because that's passed. ego. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, ego or whatever it was, I... <laughs> I got caught. I got caught in a bet. Listen, I love the sport. Anyone ever asked me, you know, Pat Militich, I go way back with all these guys. I was one of the first managers in the UFC in the sport back in like 2002 and three, where I managed some of the bigger old time guys like Mark Curl and where we with Mark Cole, Mark Coleman and Tim Sylvia. I mean, I, I go back when Dana White was still a boxing coach in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I was literally, Loved, I love jujitsu and the SEALs, believe, believe it or not, who are my friends. And I got to go on this in tangent, explain this to you, is that I didn't understand their traumatic brain injuries themselves because they would show up at my doorsteps every day, you know, and just drinking a, t- a ton of alcohol. And, you know, they oh, were yeah. the war on terror. They were in Afghanistan. They, they, uh, they were in Iraq. These guys were young kids. They were in their 20s and 30s. And they were always over at my house. We'd all become friends. I, I, dealt, I had some military contacts that I was working with at the same time. And I really didn't understand what a brain injury was or what PTSD was either until I had my own issues with it. Okay, so what happened? You, you got choked out. And then from the time you got choked out until the brain, until the strokes happening, how long right. was that? It was six weeks. I'd been with Dan to two of his fights, one in Chicago, one to San Jose. Been to Florida to, to hang out with Shaquille O'Neal. And then it happened six weeks later. So your crowd already got crushed. You didn't crushed. know it. You didn't know it yet. And then eventually some clots got there and then they started releasing. And then when they started releasing, that's when the strokes started happening and the problems. Yes. According to what the, the neurosurgeon said, he said he's never seen a, a, a carotid artery so dissected ever besides a gunshot or a knife wound. It was that badly mangled. Hmm. Wow. Well, hey, man, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want you to get into maybe a little bit more of the Navy SEAL stuff and what was going on with them. We can talk about that. And then um, if that story is not too short, then um, I want to talk about, you know, how you started when you went home. Then what do you do? Of course. course. Right. We'll we'll be right back. When I wake up in the morning, I ask myself, How am I going to nourish myself today? That's where Green 85 has made that an easy task. Packed full with nutrient-dense quality ingredients, it ensures me that I'm starting my day off right. Green 85. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Okay, Health Heroes, Tim James here. I'm back with Sean Anton, the stroke hacker. And um, he just told us this crazy ass story about getting his carotid artery crushed. And then six weeks later, 
blood clots went to the brain. Um, he started stroking out and um, saw the white light, came back, and now he's on a mission to help people um, that are also dealing with uh, traumatic brain injuries or what they call TBI. Um, yes. I remember the first time I heard about TBI, I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, it's like, it's a new language, right? You don't know these yeah, things. Right. I didn't either. So, so you were telling me about these Navy SEALs. Did you want to go on about that? Because, you know, sure. I remember, I remember like I, I went hunting and I went elk hunting, archery hunting with a couple Navy SEALs one time and you know, they're alcoholics, you know, cause they went through a lot of shit. I mean, yeah. it, the stuff they were saying, is just like, it's, Whoa, it's, it, it, you know, you know, Tim, it's so bad that our, our government spends $10 million on, on one Navy SEAL from boots to combat, $10 million. But when these Navy SEALs come back home, back to the society, that their, uh, their health care is, is stuck with the VA. They get no stipends. They get no, there's no pension and welfare. There's no like money for them. They're supposed to just reassess, get start working out at Walmart or the post office. We get any kind of- Wait a minute, Uber. there's no pension for them? No, there's zero. There's zero money. Once you leave the military, they cut you off. Jesus. Yeah, so how are you supposed to take these young kids? That's all they know how to do is protect our daughters, our kids, our our spouses, our loved ones, send them out there, be, be mercenaries, and bring them back home. So that's what I really got pissed about. Because when I was, let me go back to my story in San Diego, when, when I was in, in, in rehabilitation, I, I, you know, we, all, we were all together as brain injury survivors. And this was a particular group of us in what was called community reentry program, which is called CREP, where a bunch of us brain injuries. There was one Marine there who was 26, I'd become friends with him. I'm, I, I was 39 at the time of 40. He's 26. He had gotten busted up by an IED, literally. And we'd become friends. And I come in there uh, two weeks later asking, hey, where's Jimmy? And they go, oh, Jimmy got discharged. He's fine. I go, how is he fine? I go, he's missing, a, he's missing, he's missing an arm. He's missing, I think, a leg. His brain is all rewired. He's got, he's got, he's got horrible, you know, he can't even speak and talk properly. And here the VA says he's good to go. So they send him back home. How do you do that to somebody? I mean, and just a, a young kid who's got a family, a new wife and a young kid, and this guy's going home. So what I decided to do at that time is I said, I'm going to, no matter what I'm going to do, I'm going to go out there and make a difference. And I'm going to help these veterans, help these people who don't have the money or the insurance to help them reclaim their lives and, and to become independent again. Yeah, no shit, man. That's awesome. That's all. It's kind of like the Wounded Warriors Project. Exactly. The Navy SEAL Foundation. But it's not, it can just be anybody. I mean, you see deployment, but what people don't realize, Tim, is the amount of training that these guys do. If they blast or they breach into a home, they put C4 on the door, right? The C4 is going to concuss the first four guys who are going in. So if you have a team of 10, the four of those guys are going to get concussed. Do that once in the morning, and then you want to jump out of a plane in the afternoon at what's called a hay high at a high level imagine the body hitting the ground crumbling each time these guys are already broken before they even got to combat now they're in combat now they're going through you know american sniper um with, with um bradley cooper you saw that one or mm -hmm. uh, mark Wahlberg with the lone survivor you know it's just it, it's so unfair i mean how there's you know there's 50 guys a day killing themselves 50 veterans a day committing suicide and another 50 to 60 of brain injuries as well, because the PTSD and the, and the amount of what goes on with us with suicide and, and being depressed are, if your nervous system is always in fight or flight, how are you going to ever regenerate it? 
you yeah, know you're not, you're not you're not going to heal yeah you, that's you why stress is the biggest killer because it doesn't allow you to heal fully exactly exactly so i've taken it upon myself the last 10 years really to identify this and really search the world and the globe finding like people like you who can help people heal any you know the i, I consider the microbiome the second brain of the body as you know this better than me but if you're not feeding yourself the right the right products your brain's never going to heal and mm. most people put alcohol in their bodies and listen, I'm not saying that big farm drugs are wrong, but you know, there was a time in my rehab where they said to me, we can't get you back into the gym if you're still connected to all these wires and if you're still on Oxycontin and, and all the narcotics. I started ripping the, I started ripping the lines out of my body. I started taking, taking out the, the fetuses because I knew I was built like this. I had to get into that gym so I can start getting on a, on a bike because I didn't want to live in the wheelchair, nor mm-hmm. do I want to live in these freaking pills. I mean, because it's horrible. Yeah, and so I had to make a choice to go cold turkey, but I found my inspiration in helping others and being there for my daughters, because I I don't want them to be a fa- you know I don't want them to be fatherless. Yeah, and a lot of these man these seals and other uh, army, army navy military veterans, yeah. you know, they're going back home to families that really don't understand health at all. You know what I mean? Because like it's like with me going back home. You know, like most of my family, everybody's on the standard American diet. You know, that's destroying your gut biome, which is linked to your head. You know, your gut and brain are connected. There's no question about it. It's part of the immune system, and um, so they're kind of screwed when they go back home because it's just going to be a slow further deterioration because there's no plan, there's no there's no hacks like you've put together in your stroke hacker program. There's right. just there's there's it's just like good luck. Right. Exactly. And Tim, you know this better. If the body is inflamed, if there's inflammatory coming off the of surgery or coming off any kind of horrific traumatic event and the body's inflamed, what do you got to do first? You got you to you decrease that inflammation. You got to you know, get off the gluten, get off the weed, get off the alcohol. The alcohol is just a neurotoxin. And yeah. you know, it really is. It's going to affect the brain. There's other plant-based products out there that are from Mother Earth, stuff like what you make, and really, you know, stuff that I recommend, you know, certain omegas. I mean, I'd be in certain, you know, I, I know that you're vegan, but I mean, if you want to go vegan, I know that certain salmon skins and salmons have that omega 369s that are really good for the brain health as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just really important for people to have a, to have a plan. They, they, they just need the education and they need somebody to help them. And they need somebody that really cares. I mean, that's the, I mean, I wrote an article on PTSD a while back and it was all about, you know, they teach you to remove empathy, which works great in combat, but doesn't work good for relationships or driving through traffic and that kind of stuff. You know, that's one part of it. But the reality is, is that the pride factor there is like, I'm a tough son of a bitch. Like I'm cool, you know, nut up soldier, you know, that kind of mentality. And there people are embarrassed to talk about it like that's why i hate the i absolutely hate the word post traumatic stress disorder i don't think there should be a d there i don't think it's a right. disorder it in fact i know it's not a disorder it's just post traumatic stress however what was it, side, side note here what was interesting is that there was zero correlation between the people that were uh deployed and the ones that weren't deployed as far as the amounts of post traumatic stress it's the freaking military training itself that's causing this stuff. Like I said, removing the empathy and stuff like that. So we have these soldiers that not only have traumatic brain injuries, 
but the sub basement is they have a hard, they have all this post-traumatic stress stuff from the training itself, just being a military person. Absolutely. And Tim, I'll say something else on that note is um, the ego, the ego, the ego will, will, will destroy a person. The confidence will help them to regain. And when you have an ego on top of it, Hey, I'm built, you know, I'm a Ranger. I'm a Delta. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a seal. There's a certain expectation that you got to deliver yourself to be like that. So they don't know how to show weakness. They don't know how to show, I, you know, I've dealt with army snipers who are fantastic guys, but you know, the first thing that people do is hide out. So if you're trained to be a sniper and hide out in plain sight, you know, you're going to hide out anywhere on the planet. First thing you're going to do is take your life because you can't deal with what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's the transition that I find myself working with. It's the same thing with stroke because once some are being paralyzed, it, it's, it's what a good friend of mine, Sam Morris, says, my paralysis on my left side is just an inconvenience. The paralysis really exists from the neck up. It's all up here. It's called, it's called, it's called depression. It's called anxiety. It's called, it's called having everything you believe to be wrong. And that's why I created a mantra that says, I can, I shall, I will. People have taken that mantra, tattooed themselves with it, because those are my first steps. If I didn't believe in my own mindset that I could take those first steps, what good am I? You know, and I'm still accomplishing things that I was afraid of 10 years ago. Yesterday, I went to the beach with my daughter and got out in the waves for the first time. And I've been, I've been scared shitless of doing that. But I finally just had to realize what's going to happen. I'm going to fall down. I'm going to get back up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, keep, I tell people, keep failing, keep falling down, keep getting back up. It's going to happen. It's going to be, you're, and you're going to learn that you won't fall down as much. And that's okay. But, you know, <laughs> being an entrepreneur or being even a hunter yourself, the first bow and arrow, the first shot, it's not going to, be a direct kill either it takes you a long time to be a really good shot mm-hmm. right yeah and to build, and, yeah and to build up that self-confidence and and the skill set basically exactly i mean taking you years to perfect all your products you didn't come out with it the first day you know you had to really find and hone in on what you went on what you do with the green 185 the gut detox and everything else and i've been so fortunate to have met, met you through our army drill friend pat Militich, who's a UFC veteran fighter, a retired now, who introduced us. But I'm always looking for answers. I'm always looking what can better, better suit the brain and the body. And I got to tell you, I want to stop for a second and say thank you, Tim, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be feeling so good. My endurance has gone up. My, um, my, my vision has gotten better. My speech has gotten better. And my audio has gotten better just by, being, just by flushing out these toxins out of my body. Yeah. I'm, a little, I'm a little bit more speedy and wired, but <laughs> I'll take that over being exhausted any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. So that's thanks. awesome, man. Well, you're welcome. I'm, I'm glad that's what they're there for. You know, they're there to replace what's missing in the soil. They're, they're there right. to replace and get the gut biome working, which is attached to your brain. So you have a clearer mind and, you know, and they're there to pull out the toxins and the garbage in the gut so that you can boost your immune system, get, get that body burden out of there, give you a leg up. Absolutely. You know, I'll say the, the, the other thing too, I, I tell, I, I talk about with people is, is the water, you're drinking. You can't be drinking from the faucet. You can't be drinking from a filter. I believe in, I don't know if you believe in alkaline water, but I, but I believe a disease cannot live in an alkaline body. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, highly oxygenated and highly and alkaline. Yeah. So right. exactly. now walk us through this. So you, you're an ICU, you start doing speech you then you go to this training place. Um, How long were you there? We're at we're six in the morning. Okay. Six night. How long were you there? I see you. Okay. I see you was, you know, I was in a coma for, for 10 days. So I'm in the ICU in a coma 
a, a medically induced coma. Um, it woke up out of that, probably took me about a week and a half in the ICU. They transferred me to a floor. And then once I was on the floor, they started assessing me with more um, therapies because I, mo- no, I, I had no midline. I had a, I had a droop on my left side. Um, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't understand speech. I had a real, everything had to be rebooted. I wasn't able to walk. I wasn't able to stand up. I wasn't able to stand up. And then from there, I was transferred to what's called a post-acute care in San Diego, which was a boot camp, which, which I lived there probably for about six weeks. And the, okay, the way I transferred, I transferred from a bed to a uh, wheelchair was really about, took like three people to transfer me because I, I, had, I, couldn't, I couldn't put feet on the ground. And then I was like, you know, I had to pee and poop in my bed, in a pan. That wasn't working because they were feeding me horrible food. And I was on all these narcotics. If you know, if you're not pooping the, the right way, it's, I, think, I think digestion is so important because if you can't get those chemicals, I was so forced. So I had so many chemicals inside my body or, you know, the morphine, the dilated, the anesthesia. Think about all that that was, that was going on and they kept feeding me more drugs. Oh, I know. You know, and people have so many problems. You know, when I first learned about, I didn't know that the pain drugs st- stopped um, bowel movements and impeded bowel movements until I had a, I had a client years ago. Like when we first came out with our gut detox product, it was used to be called Gut Cleanse Plus. And um, she called me and she's like, um, I'm about ready to give a childbirth. I'm at the hospital and I haven't pooped in two days. Yeah. You have something. I'm like, yeah. So we rushed it over to her and she started taking it and boom, the next day she started, you know, she started getting her bowel movements back. And could you imagine like you've got this child inside you, that's a lot of pressure. And then inside of you also have, you know, you know, basically, yeah. you know, crap building up. So yeah. she was like, she was like, it was such a relief to get rid of it. And so many people are on meds today and they're wondering why they're, you know, having gas and constipation besides the poor foods. You put the combination of poor foods the toxins, the lack of water, and then put people on meds. Well, no wonder they have a bowel movement, you know, once a day. And it's like rocks, like mine, blood yeah. is coming out. Or yeah. a lot of women are having a bowel movement every other day, every third day. It's terrible. Right. I agree with you. So so from there, um, I, I was in what's called post-acute care for about six weeks. Then I was transferred home that I had more therapy on, which I had home health. And because I had really good insurance and, and had some extra money from all the business I built, it was all going back to my, because I was like, everyone said to me, Sean, you used to have all this money in the bank. I was like, yeah, but what's the price to walk? They're like, well, it's kind of, I said, it's priceless. So, you know, I spent millions of dollars, you know, learning to walk again, you know, yeah. drive a car and being acclimated where people take it for granted. That was taken away from me. So what I do really as a stroke actor is I just here to educate people that they don't spend that kind of money. I can show them different hacks and solutions by finding people like you or, or, or other people who are part of my team to help them get back to walking. Cause people want to walk, they want to drive and they want to get back to being, you know, being part of society. And it's no different than what these veterans will go through at the same time too. Yeah. I want to save your solutions for towards the end in the segment for, so stick around guys. But um, so just walk us through, you're through the rehabilitation, you're home now. Now okay, this so- is for you. What, what's life like now? Now okay, you've got so, your, your brain's coming back, you know, you're right. kind of figuring things uh, out, what, what's going on with your so, personal life. And I, I'm yeah. here, it's okay. I mean, no, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, um, of course, I'll, I'll answer anything. I'm an open book. Um, I, you know, I was in, um, 
I was inpatient rehab. Then I had to be, I came back home for a little bit, but then I went back to outpatient re- rehab, um, a community ranchy where I had to learn how to just use the escalator, use the elevator, use cash. Because don't forget now, I had been in the hospital for four to five months. Mm-hmm. My brain had been totally rebooted. So when that started coming back, the part of the finance numbers started coming back, the words started to come back. I still have a speech impediment, still slur here and there, but who cares, that's nothing now. And I learned how, you know, to walk 10 yards or 10 feet, to me, is like you, is like you running like 20 miles. Every step had to be calculated, had to be addressed, you know, and I was not gonna, I said, I have two choices. I can either put the time in now, stick through this, or sit on the couch and just take drugs. And what I did is I got to work. And when I got back home, it was very depressing. My daughters were so young. I was so affected by light and sound. I, I had a Labrador retriever who was barking. I, you know, my 70 at the time couldn't handle, it was too hard on anybody to handle two young kids. And now your partner is in diapers and can't shower and can't do anything. And all I wanted to really do to him was just cry or if not just end my life. Cause I'm like, nothing makes sense. Why is this not, you know, where's my old life? I can't go outside. I can't just get in a car. I can't go for a run. I lived on the beach. It's not like I can pull my surfboard out and start surfing again or just go hang out and be, do a normal thing. I had to relearn everything. And the first year was really tough. I mean, it was, it was depression by the ultimate. I mean, it was just, I mean, angry with the world, angry with God, angry with everybody. I mean, and, you know, people say, you know, saying to me, you know, we can't fault you. I say, yeah, you can't fault me, but I had no one really to turn to either. I didn't know any better. My staff at the time was a dietitian. She was feeding me the right stuff, but I was so aggravated and mad. Here I am, this male guy with his ego, built these successful companies. I'm 39, turning 40. I'm, I was getting ready to go to a Spartan race with Shaquille O'Neal, Dan Henderson, and a bunch of my Navy SEALs. A Spartan race. And here I am. I can't even sit up straight. I can't even get down the stairs up and down. I didn't even know how to get out, get out of bed correctly without falling. Yeah. Jeez. Pretty rough. Yeah. So when did things start to when – did, when did you have – I guess, when did you find happiness again? Wow, aren't we always finding happiness? I think it, it, it's, a constant, it's a constant play to, 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 to allow yourself to be happy. It's a common sense of allowing the nervous system to be at peace. And I, I got to tell you, Tim, I work on it every day. I work on it every day. Um, and it took me, listen, I didn't drive. I didn't drive until I think 2000 and 13 or 14. And then I had to move back home with my parents. My dad was a um, retired uh, doctor. My mom was um, a mother, stay-at-home mom. I had to leave my, I had to leave, I, I had to leave my daughters because I couldn't handle the sound and the noise. I had to just recover it. But there was no one out there that I could even speak to to help me get through the process. Mm. So I was doing this all myself and having to still continue to go to rehab. And then the bad news is my mother gets sick and she, and she starts dying from brain cancer. So it's just a constant uh, rigmarole of just stuff happening for me that just really backed everything up. So, you know, and being away from my children for all that long, like yesterday I took my daughter, took my youngest to the beach. We went body, body boogie boarding, body surfing. I can't tell you, I, I really, I imprinted on my oldest, but, but my youngest didn't, didn't really know me because I wasn't around. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. I mean, I often think to myself, you know, these kids are resilient. I love them. I fought for them, but now they're, you know, one's a teenager and one's 10 years old. But if it, I always ask people, what's your inspiration and what's your why? Because 
you gotta, you gotta not, you gotta get ready to find your why. And that's with anybody. You know, it's like I don't care if you're facing cancer, you're facing a heart attack, you're facing the loss of a loved one, you're going through a divorce. There's always a challenge that's going to come across. And God knows, I don't want to get a kick in the head anymore. I'm not ready to do any of that. I want to just maintain a peaceful life and be okay with where I'm at and love myself so I can love others. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a powerful message. So cool, man. That's uh, just, it's, it's an unbelievable, actually an unbelievable story. Uh, it's amazing that you're here. And let's take another quick break. And then when we get back, I want to get into some, some solutions for some people that are listening that have a traumatic brain injury or a TBI, or they are, have a friend or loved one that does. And, um, you know, I usually say this at the end, but for God's sakes, share this video, you know, okay. share, share this podcast. If you're on YouTube or SoundCloud or wherever, you know, Apple tunes, um, sh- share it with some people because it, it's, it's actually, there's a lot of traumatic brain injuries from different things. I didn't oh. even get one from a crushed carotid artery with strokes. Oh yeah. No, I, I can tell you the MMA world, um, driving a car, the NFL players not being able to find their way back home. I was friends with Junior Seau. I don't. I mean, anyone who knows Junior Seau, he c- took his life while while I was in rehab, and that that was another obstacle for me. That that blew me away because here Junior and I were traveling around with Dan Henderson, going on his tours, and Junior shot himself in the heart, which later made the movie Concussion, starring Will Smith. So these guys had severe CTE, and I can relate to all of it. So I understand What's- what. Uh, CTE. What is that? Oh, it's, oh you, I knew you were going to ask me this. It's um, chronic. It's um, it's a brain injury. I, I can explain it to you. It's where the brain sits. In, in, you know, the brain sits. You know, it's not wrapped by the skull. It sits in water. So every time the is brain it sounds gets, like chronic trauma enlargement or something. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what it is. Yeah, but let me explain to you what CTE is what really is. So when the brain sits in this fluid, the skull is only this thick. So when the, when, when the brain gets rocked or it gets concussed, you know, normally if, if you cut yourself your skin, it's going to scab, right? Mm-hmm. So with the brain, the brain, when, when the brain bleeds, it's the way it scabs itself, scabs itself, it, it form, it creates more, um, more bone mass, which is crazy. So follow, follow this second. So it creates more, um, you're looking this up. I got it. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Right, exactly. So let me. What the hell does that mean? (laughs) You're telling us. Keep going. So so let me dumb it down. So what happens is, the brain, in order for it to heal itself and for it to scab, Mm -hmm. it it throws out this. It it creates more more bone tissue in the brain. Mm. So that's how it scab. That's how it scabs. It's like it's crazy. So it keeps building these calcium deposits. That eventually, if you get rocked in the head enough times, what's left in your brain? All these calcium deposits that, that are this big. And they're sitting all over the brain. Well, that's going to impede on the nervous and that, that's going to push oh, on the wow. So a lot, a lot of the football players retire early because how, you know, since 10 years old, you're getting rocked. So if you're playing football, if, if you're a Marine, if you're in the Navy, you're going through all this combat. You get shocked. You get rocked and rolled. We're not, you know, you, a female soccer player has the same stuff or a male soccer player. Car accidents, anything. And think about what Dan Henderson's gone through or, or Pat Militech. And they'll, and, they'll, and, they'll, and, they'll, and they'll all claim, I never got hit in the head. You all guys all got hit in the head somewhere and another. Yeah, it says right here, chronic traumatic encephalopathy is progressive degenerative disease of the brain found in people with a history of repetitive brain trauma, 
parentheses, often athletes, like you were talking about, including symptomatic con- concussions as well as asymptomatic concussive hits to the head. Right. And not cause symptoms, but uh, right. crazy. So, so what, what the answer to that is, the, the thing that breaks the blood-brain barrier that I found that really helps and knock out those calcium deposits is CBD. Okay, really we'll get back. Well, let's do this. We'll finish the break because we're going to do that and we'll come back with the solutions. How does that sound? Are you sure. okay with that? Of course. <laughs> All right, man. We'll be right back. You want the absolute best for yourself and you want it to be easy. That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently. We're proud it's chemical free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line, Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Last cleaner. Exactly. Everything. Okay. All right, here we go. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here again. I'm back with Sean Enton, the stroke hacker. And now, thanks for sticking around. Here's going to be the solutions for people that have tra- experienced traumatic brain injuries or TBIs, not all of them, but you know, why don't you just share with us, a, you know, your top three, four things that you think is most important when somebody, you know, they wake up and they're paralyzed from the waist down or they wake up and their left side's paralyzed or they, you know, they wake up and they find out they've been in a coma for 10 days. What, what do you, what yeah. do you say to those folks? How do you help them out? Um, the best thing, I, the best thing I, I can say is let, let yourself heal. You need time. You need quietness. You need to shut off your phones, shut off almost everything from the outside life. It's like I tell the, I tell the caregivers or the care partners, release the, release the, relieve the stress from that traumatic survivor, meaning their financials, their anything to do with their kids, their family, whatever they got going on, take it all away from them immediately because they cannot afford any more stress. Their body just got rocked. Yeah. So they need quiet space. They need like, I'd even say turn off the TVs, but let, let their brain heal. I'm talking calming uh, music, that Binance beats. And then I would immediately start looking into is getting the family itself into some kind of psycho- psychology work themselves and talking to social workers. Because it's not even the traumatic survivors on meds, they're all, they're going to recover. It's the, it's the spouses, the loved ones, the parents who have no idea what they're doing. So mm-hmm. I treat I treat the family first, and I treat the I treat the survivors last. Because okay. it's like because you know in like an airplane, put the oxygen o- over yourself first, and then put it over o- over your kids. Because people don't realize is they first thing they want to do is call everybody. Oh my God, my husband, you know, call cousin Joe who lives in Florida. Call call the grandfather who lives in Italy. They can't do anything for this person. This person's got to recover. Don't bring anyone to the hospital. Get everyone out of the hospital. Their job's going to come. They got to, they got to, your loved one just lived and survived. And that survivor needs nothing but calmness and peacefulness and get through the certain therapies which needed because they're going to go through being in the hospital. They're going to go through certain therapies outside and then come back home. And I can't really touch, talk to the survivors really until they come back home because I need to let, let the hospital do what they're going to do to them. And that's where I can get you and me involved and the rest of the team 
because the first thing they, they gotta do is they're gonna go through the whole gamut of antidepressants and you know narcotics. Listen, their body just got rocked. They can't even deal with this stuff. They've got to, there's gotta be a sense, yeah, can we help them? But I'm not an MD. I'm only I'm speaking as a stroke hacker of what, what worked for me. But if I had to go back and rechange things, I would I would I lessen my meds? Of course I would. But back then I needed them. You know, you you know, you have to look at blood pressure. You gotta, you gotta be able to analyze and look at their, you know, look at, you know, do what kind of what kind of blood medication are they even on? You do this all the time. You, they they need a full evaluation, but until they're discharged from the actual hospital, I, I can't really help these people. Because But you are because you're helping their family get prepared. That's where it comes into play. It's yeah, like you, huge. It, Nobody even thinks about that. I wouldn't even yeah. thought about like, but the, the reality is, is the family is going to be taking care of them for a while. Yes. A long time. I mean, it's like, I say to you, we're, we're cancer survivors, you know, the cancer survivors is going to go through what they're going to go through and they're coherent, but really the depression comes with family members. What do you mean? My child who's 10 years old has lymphoma. Well, what am I going to do? Well, I want to help that parent right now. That child's going to take a choice. We can give that, that, uh, that child certain things, but when it comes to a, a brain injury, Tim, it's so much worse. I mean, it is, it is, and I'm not saying a brain injury or cancer is one thing is worse than the other, but people just don't know what's happening. Here you are, fully functional, and now your loved ones in, in diapers. They can't speak. They can't add. They can't talk. They have, you know, I, just, I, I had a sense of Tourette's. I'd yell and scream and swear all the time because I couldn't get the words out. Aphasia is the number one thing with most people with brain injury and strokes. You can't even hear them. You can't even talk. I mean, all the stuff will come back. But the first thing we got to do is, is assess the loved ones. Even on your end, I, I'd say, you know, if someone's going to go through, I hate the word diet, or do a, a lifestyle change, because when they come to me, I'm like, are you guys ready to take this all on as a family unit? Because this is a team effort. It just can't be um, – you know, once that, once that stroke survivor or the brain injury survivor is ready to talk to me, I can get in their head. But I need to let, let them get where they're going to be. And they also need to fall a couple of times. Not meaning to physically fall, but lit. they have to sit in that place of, sh- of horrific shitness, I call it, or darkness, until they want to see the light. Because if I pull them out too soon, then I'm not doing them any. I got to let it come full circle. So that, I guess that would, so the number one hack is assess and help loved ones first. Then number two is like, wait until the right time to help them. Yes. And and then as that's happening, I would start telling the loved one once and has questions, you know, the the caregivers, the first thing, the first thing I start doing is talk about the whole nutrition stuff. And then I'd talk about, you know, are they meditating? Are they, are they getting enough oxygen in their body? Are they breathing? You know, can I get a hypnotherapist in to see them? Can I retrain their brain to deal with their with with, with them being in this new body? I call it the I call it a new norm. You know, it's like I'm not gonna go pick up my, my golf clubs tomorrow and go and go golfing or go bungee jumping. There's a whole slew of things. I'm trying to help them put their shoes on, you know, especially if they're paralyzed with one arm. How do they even get around the kitchen? How do they how do they use a toilet? How do they, how do they use a shower? How do they do all these things? That's when I come into play. I'm gonna ease their life. Once they're back home, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't know yeah. what a, I didn't know what a one-handed cutting board was, or a one-handed knife, or any of this stuff. My left arm is still weak. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, assess, help loved ones first. Um, wait until then. Wait till they're ready. You actually have to have them like get really frustrated and 
be in a dark place and then say, you know what, screw this. Yeah. I've hit rock bottom. I want to live. I'm ready. Yeah. Cause that's kind of the thing what I do in my coaching program. I, I ask them like, you know, why do you want to heal? You know, why? And then they got to spend 10, 15 minutes convincing me that they want to do this. And if they do, then I'm, I feel convinced that they want to change because at the end of the day, they have to make the changes. You can't do it for them. You're just there to support and guide them. Right. And, right. and, and I got to tell you, some people, I can show them a doorway to open up. I can open the door for them, but they have to want to walk through. Mm-hmm. But but being an athlete or being a wrestler or being a fighter, um, you have to have, I also had that mindset before. I wasn't going to wait for that door to open. I was going to go through the wall. That yeah. necessarily didn't work for me either because I, 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 I was a bull in a china shop. And I want to take everything on at once. And if, I, if it meant me doing 10-hour days, that also didn't help me heal. The second thing I tell people is that they got to sleep and take time off. Because if you, don't, if you don't allow the brain to rest, you're never going to heal. Repetition's good, but it comes in time. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but I was just, somebody sent me something, and this guy was dealing with something, and he couldn't heal, couldn't heal, and finally he got rid of his phone, he got rid of everything, just like went out into nature. I mean, I've heard stories about this before. Got completely disconnected from Wi-Fi and 5G and 4G and, you know, why, everything, and and he healed. He healed. You know, and I think, again, people forget that the ecosystem and nature is a system and we are part of that system because we are nature and we forget about, it. we think we're detached from it. And I think that's where all the problems are happening. So yeah. we got to get people plugged back in, bro. That's what, that's what you're doing. So why don't you, before we take off, why don't you share with everybody um, kind of, I, I think it's some pretty big, exciting news. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of this, uh, this, this oh, program. Uh, you're yeah. putting, what do you got going on? I know it's, it's you okay. got a big deal. Going oh, oh, yeah. On. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I finally, after all these years of giving away so much content, thousands of hours of my own podcast and doing videos, I've now decided to um, really to scale this thing in and offer a coaching uh, program, not only to the, 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 the survivors themselves, but really the, um, the, care lo- the caregivers, the, you know, the loved ones, and even the, the therapists. Because I feel, I feel that I've hacked, I figure out the ways I had to hack, you know, I had to be, I'd become the stroke hacker and um, I have people tattooing my stroke hacker name on their bodies. I have communities out there all over the world that are finding me, but now I'm going to set up a real organized classroom setting. I'm going to come out with a stroke hacker companion book. I'm going to set up a, a class in education, but I know I can help people heal faster and walk sooner. I'm not telling everyone that, that they're going to walk with me, but I can get them going, jumping into being independent a lot faster by following my lead because I've done it. I'm, I'm a proven model. Yeah. And you've spent literally millions of dollars trying this, trying that, this works, yeah. that works. It's you're, Every- you're almost like a carbon copy of me, except I've really focused on gut health and, yeah. and you focused on brain health and right. you've but, learned but, what but, works and what doesn't work. How do you say that? But is, isn't the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's trial and error. So what you're doing is you're just condensing it down saying, Hey, you know, instead of going out there and yeah. spending all this time, which, which creates stress, you're just like, no, go here, do that. Go here, do that. This is the next step. Try it. Exactly. And then I mean, gonna- that's, why, that's why people look at me funny. And what, what do you mean you see a chiropractor? I said, chiropractors, they got me back to walking. I mean, you let them adjust your neck. I said, yeah, my neck is fine. It's, it, it's the nervous system, which is rocked. They can tweak, they can torque, they can torque me, they can adjust me. I want the alignment. I want my spine to be, if my nervous system and my spine is in good, is in good condition, I can walk faster. I can eventually run. 
I can eventually jump, but that's going to also help me to get healed faster. And, and I think chiropractors out there or, you know, as well, I relate to the healers, shamans, masseuses, acupuncture, acupressure is so important. The Western MD side is great, but the Eastern philosophy is what you and I share and know. The Ayurvedic ways of living, Tim, you know this better than anybody, is really where it's at to enhance the health post being getting out of the hospital. Yeah, making it speedy recovery, or at least being as healthy as you possibly can with the cards you've been dealt. Exactly. Getting back as much as you possibly can and in the process being an example and inspiration to others, just like yeah. you are, brother. Thank you. So can you tell us about, I don't know, if, about the, uh, like the Netflix deal a little bit? Oh, um, well, I don't have anything yet. I will have a show coming out in, um, in 2021 or 2022. But listen, because of the pandemic, things have slowed down. And the road to recovery will actually, it's going to be the title of one of our shows. We're doing a couple of them. But that's going to happen. But things have just slowed down right, right now. And I'm choosing to really focus in on my niche, which mm -hmm. is the Stroke Hackers first. And then once I, figure, once I get that knocked out, then I'm going to handle, I feel like I'm, I can help anybody with a brain injury or concussion or CTE or stroke. And then I'll, I'll take this road to recovery into a, a global level. And, I, and I, I always say it's not, about, it's not about why me, it's about what's next. Yeah. And because it really is about people coming together to help people to move forward. Awesome. Well, you're definitely a guy that uh, turned lemons into lemonade. Well, so have you, buddy. We both you know that. Well, I'm I'm impressed. Um, you've told me you've told me bits and pieces of your story before, and now that I got the whole picture. I was just like glued right. listening to um, it, just going, "Jesus." Yeah. Let me add something because I get this question asked a lot. They did put the skull back in my admin, so they stored it here for. Oh yeah, we forgot about that. A couple days. People ask me, "Is the skull back?" I'm like, "Yeah, the skull <laughs> is all back. My hair grew back perfectly. There's a huge horseshoe of a scar here." But body has a way of healing itself. Freaking amazing. Freaking amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, I'll leave with this. Some people call me and go, I'm, I'm having a bad day. I, I've got a migraine. So, you have a migraine? I'll tell you about a real migraine. Let's, you know, let's not compare apples and oranges. But when people call me and say, Sean, I watch your, I watch your, your videos, I watch your, your YouTube inspiration, and you got me through a bad moment, it's like you're stuck in traffic. Who cares? That moment's going to pass. You have more moments to live by. Let go of the past and move into the present. Awesome, man. Well, how do people reach you? Strokehacker.com. Strokehacker.com or just Adventures in Health is the podcast. Sean Etten is my name. You know, I've been on CNN. I've been on Fox. I've been on ABC. I threw out the first pitch for the Angels and the first pitch for the Oakland A's for, on behalf of the National Stroke Association and others. So I, I'm out there. People can Did you get a strike or – when you threw the ball, hey, it's funny. I threw, I threw it. I threw, I threw the ball over the plate. <laughs> nice. This is the wallet. This is five, six years ago when I was barely able to walk the field. Now I bet I could get it faster. But yeah. I grew up playing. You'd be like, I know your mentality. You'd be like, put somebody in there. I'm going to strike you out. <laughs> anyway, a whole nother conversation, I can tell you. But yeah, no, um, it felt really good. You know, I got a standing ovation, of course, for it. But listen, I tell people, I did, I stand for those who can't stand for themselves. And I speak for those who can't speak for themselves. And that's why I did it. It wasn't about me taking the mound. It was about me showing other people what is fucking possible. Yeah. Awesome. Effing awesome, bro. Well, thanks for, thanks for coming by today and, and, and sharing with us this uh, amazing story and some really cool stuff and also some really good 
uh, some advice. Um, again, to recap, number one, if you're dealing with this, and this is, guys, this is the tip of the iceberg. Sean, his Stroke Hacker program is so in-depth, and I mean, down to the detail, it can really help people that are dealing with this stuff. But number one, assess and help loved ones first. Number two, wait until the the person who is injured is ready to make that change. They kind of got to go to a dark place and they come out and say, I'm ready to make make my life better. And then number three was just like nutrition and sleep and taking time off. It's just kind of all the, you know, the good stuff that we know we need to do. But a lot of people that's, that's new to them. Right. So that's new stuff. And I mean, it's all new. It's like, Hey, look what you get to do. So guys, check him out at strokehacker.com. Um, also make sure to check out Sean's podcast. Um, you can get a lot more information there, especially for you folks out there with TBIs or traumatic brain injuries. That's the adventures in health podcast. Sean, thanks for being on. And the rest of you, um, our audience continues to grow around the world. Um, I was naming off a bunch of places all the time. It's just like, it's crazy. I just want to thank the audience for for showing up and for sharing these podcasts and for just um, wanting to improve yourself. And that's the most important thing. If you can get one thing, maybe you don't have a traumatic brain injury, but maybe you got inspired today from Sean's message and you're like, God dang it look what that guy went through. And I've been wanting to start the business for a long time, or, you know, I've been wanting to lose 40 pounds for a long time, or I've, I've, I've dealt with this little neck injury and maybe it's time for me to get about 12 professionals on it and figure this sucker out. Um, hopefully that, 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 that'll, that'll work for you. Right. So I always say like, find one thing, find one gold nugget and go do something with it, take action on it and change your life. Cause if you don't change yourself, your life is just definitely not going to change. So again, thanks to everybody out there listening again. Thanks for sharing the podcast. Thanks for giving us reviews and liking it. And um, until next time, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again real soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening again to the health hero show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. (laughs) 